to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's November 12th, 2020, and this is episode 57. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just on my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. New in theaters this week, well, frankly, is not much. <laughs> There's, uh, again, just a total dearth. Little independent movies are, are sneaking in here and there, but I really nothing of note that I want to talk about. Uh, I think your best bet, if you're wanting to go see a movie in the theater, is to just look for some of those comeback classics that, that uh, movie chains are showing. Uh, of note is is the great film from Pixar Animation Studios. In fact, it, it, that's their very first animated feature, uh, Toy Story from 1995. If you can believe it, Toy Story is celebrating its 25th anniversary uh, this very month. And uh, what a great what a great movie that is. You know, you look at the, the way that the animation has progressed uh, for Pixar and really for the whole, whole animation industry, and... Uh, and you know, in in a way, Toy Story can look a bit, you know, not definitely. There's there's not the the depth and the texture, etc. But that movie has got such a good script. It's so funny. It's got just those incredible voice performances by Tom Hanks and Tim Allen and everybody involved. Um, it's just one of my favorites. So that's the one that I'm probably most interested in seeing on the on the big screen is is Toy Story, which is celebrating its 25th anniversary. Speaking of comeback classics, uh, for reviews this week, there's just a couple of movies that I got I got to see in the theater last week that were kind of randomly related, uh, but what was really a pretty kind of a super fun uh, experience. So, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail from 1975 is 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 a comeback classic currently. Uh, in my market, it's at Cinemark uh, here in Salt Lake City. And hopefully it's playing in in a theater in your market too, whether that be a Cinemark or whatever else, you know, whatever uh, local chain um, that, that that might be open in your market. This movie, if you've if you've never seen it, you you probably should. I mean, you know, it's it's often quoted, and it's so absolutely bonkers. Uh, you know, probably like, like many of you, I'd be very interested to actually hear your, your experience with this film, but, uh, they used to show it on, on, uh, the local PBS affiliate here in Salt Lake City, uh, KUED shout out, uh, like kind of a midnight movie. And I don't, and I often it was probably during pledge drives or something, <laughs> but that was my first exposure was staying late and uh, staying up late at home 
uh, when I was a teenager and watching it on TV. And it was highly quoted, often quoted. You know, a lot of my friends like this movie uh, in school. And it's still highly quotable. And, and uh, you know, you just know all the, all the spots. And they were all still funny. I think I might have seen it on the big screen before at, at another at another thing, possibly even with like Turner Classic Movies or something. But uh, it was it was fun to see on the big screen. The thing I really wondered was what what would the reaction have been like if you if there you were in 1975 going you know, going to see this movie for the first time. Uh, it's so bonkers. I probably didn't really start appreciating it until maybe the third or fourth viewing again, because I'd watch it on TV when, when they'd show it on, on, on PBS. But anyway, uh, it was really fun to go see Monty Python and the Holy Grail on the big screen. And so they just a shout out to Cinemark for making that a nice experience. Um, and I was doing, doing these two, these private watch parties, but, uh, so this, the, you can, you can rent out the entire auditorium uh, the max that you could invite was 20 people. And uh, again, this was also before some more recent mandates that got laid that got laid out here within the state of Utah. Um, so again, I don't know if they're letting people do these 20, 20 uh, uh, group, you know, group parties anymore. But still, uh, this one, and I think that you, they gave you a number of films that you could choose from. Cinemark, I think also, just FYI, is letting you bring in uh, your own Blu-ray disc if you want to as well. So you you supply the movie. Uh, but this one, I believe that this was the, they, 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 they chose from a, you know, a selection that the, the, the theater chain was offering. And the movie that was selected was, was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade from 1989, which also happens to do, deal with the Holy Grail. <laughs> so uh, I had a bit of a Holy Grail double feature. Don't know when the last time you, uh, of course, have seen Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, but it's just delightful. You know, directed by Steven Spielberg, Harrison Ford is back in the role as Indiana Jones. And then it's really a, it's really a movie about the relationship that Indiana Jones has with his father, who's also Dr. Jones, uh, and his father's played by Sean Connery. Uh, what a delight to see this movie on the big screen again. Just these knockout action scenes. And, uh, you know, just these amazing performances. It was so it was so great to see these great actors on, on, on the big screen. And, again, this film was a very different take on the Holy Grail than you get than you get with Monty Python but still my holy grail double feature and two two really great movies that i think are just widely available as well uh even if you're not able to catch them as part of one of these comeback classics so monty python and the holy grail and indiana jones and the last crusade are, i think are definitely worth uh adding to your list <music> Thank you.
like to continue my series now that I'm calling Three By, which are th three films that I'd like to discuss by uh, certain directors as, as a bit of a, of a mini retrospective, if you will, of, of, these, of these directors' works. So uh, the director that I picked this month is the French director Agnes Varda. Now, Agnes Varda passed away at the age of 90 um, last year, in, in 2019, and I know that she's highly acclaimed. Uh, she, she won a, uh, she was, she was uh, given a, 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 an honorary Academy Award in 2017 for her entire body of work. I've, I've read tons of stuff about, about her and know how influential, influential she, she was and, and what a long career she had, but I just was thinking, I, I'm not sure if I've really, I have maybe seen one or two of her films, but uh, I thought I'd you know get serious, and and I and I and I picked three. She she had a very long career. Uh, she started making films when she was very young, and then you know she she was working up close to to again close to her death uh, in in 2019. She she released a documentary. Uh, in, in in 2017 which which was nominated for an academy award and it didn't win but i mean she and she got her honorary academy award but um it was her penultimate film and and uh i will i will be that's one i'm going to be talking about but anyway uh so i i i had to pick and that was there was there there are a lot to choose from so I think that actually though there there are plenty that I, that I I'm looking forward to watching in the future because I was quite I was quite taken with their work. So uh, she she was a groundbreaking uh, filmmaker. She's she was uh, uh, she lived in France. She was all, she was born in Belgium, but her family moved to France when she was young. And and I think that you know France was really her was really her uh, home base. She's she's really closely associated with with the French new wave from the, from the fifties and the sixties. And in fact, she, she, um, was, she got, she married one of the, one of the directors that the very prominent in that, in that, uh, uh, group Jacques Demi. And, uh, they were married from 1962 until he passed away in 1990. And she, uh, she started making films uh, that were, you know, that had a, you know, a narrative that had a story, and then she also got into making documentaries. And some of her, some of her work too, really almost blurred the line between um, fiction and nonfiction, or you know, documentary versus versus a dramatic film, and uh, you know, the film, those three that I, the films that I watched. Really, I was in all three of them. I was very taken with, with the, the cinematography, with with uh, how she framed every shot. There was there was uh, so much beauty and so much skill. I, I thought I I I was just really, really uh, impressed. So the first film. I watched again. I just was trying to pick three films from her her body of work. I picked them from three different decades. This film was was made in 1962, and it's called Cleo 
from five to seven. And it follows this, it's, it's, it was, it's all set in Paris. So what's not to like about that? Shot in black and white with a couple of color scenes inserted, uh, which I thought, you know, again, interesting, interesting artistic choices, but um, mostly in black and white. But it's it's done in, in almost re real time. I don't think I'm sure if the film is full a full two hours, but it's close. And uh, it's about a woman named Cleo. <laughs> Shocking. She's she is uh, a uh, young singer, very you know very attractive, very very involved with lots going on in her life in the city and whatnot. Um, and she's just had a biopsy and is really scared about what could possibly be um, going on with her body. And so it this this film just is a chronicle of these of these two hours that is uh, you know showing her showing her fear, showing her life. It's a really it's it's a very unique combination of of kind of that cinema verite, you know, just this real life thing, uh, almost in a way feeling like a documentary and then an, and a melodrama and a romance and, and, uh, just again, beautifully shot in Paris. Some of the scenes just were, I just found, um, breathtaking and good acting. And, and, uh, for me, a really, really interesting, interesting film and a way to start my little viewing project um for agnes varda the next film i picked and this one was kind of tough because uh this one i picked was was made in uh 1988 um it's called jane par agnes v i'll get into the title in a sec there's another film that she made in 1985 called vagabond which I think was very critically acclaimed. So that's probably one, maybe that's one you've heard of, uh, but it's one I think I'll, I'll, I'll want to come, come back to. But instead I picked this one called Jane B. Parr Agnes V. And uh, it's a film about, well, it's her, you know, a real, a real actress. Her name's Jane Birkin. And Jane uh, is, is a, uh, I, I believe she's a French actress. Again, I'm, I, you know, I have to plead ignorance. I, I had not heard of Jane Birkin until I had seen this particular film. So uh, Jane Birkin was turning 40 in real life. And she and Agnes collaborated on this, on this film, which focuses on the interests, the obsessions, uh, and just just a really interesting look at this actress's life. So in a way, it's part same thing. Uh, this one truly though, even though that that Cleo um, uh, by seven uh, by five to seven is, or excuse me, Cleo from five to seven is all dramatic. This one is a real combination because you're getting to know uh, Jane Birkin, but also uh the, you know the, 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 the agnes varda contrasts her private life 
with creating these vi- interesting vignettes. And so Jane Birkin plays this classical muse, um, a Spanish dancer. Part of it, she's playing Joan of Arc. Um, there's also kind of this very interesting, I thought it was actually kind of effective, but it was weird where uh, she's playing uh, Laurel. Like if she's dressed up as, as Laurel, as Laurel and Hardy. And, and there's this, this, this Laurel and Hardy slapstick scene. Um, it's this interesting dual portrait of, of this actress and again, beautifully shot. Um, and, and again, I just think a really interesting art film. So then the, the last film I picked was this one that she was nominated for an Academy Award for best documentary in 2017 called Faces Places. And, um, this was probably my favorite of the three, although, um, although I thought again, Cleo, uh, from five to seven was, was excellent, but, uh, faces places is this, uh, document documentary that she co-directed with this street artist and photographer um in france named jr so just the initials jr uh they uh crisscross rural france and and uh this documentary shows that and and what jr does is and this is the first time i've heard of this artist too but i guess he's been around for a while although he's still he's pretty young you know, Agnes Varda was in her 80s when she, you know, was doing this documentary. And he's he's probably in his early 30s. Um, but he takes pictures and and uh, prints them out with, with, with using this kind of plotter thing. So on these giant rolls of paper. And we're talking really big. Like, you know, 10 feet. Some of them look like they could be 10 feet wide and 20 feet you know, 20, 30 feet long or bigger. Some are smaller, but, uh, anyways, you kind of get the, the picture that he, t- and they're typically printed in black and white. And then he, he'll, uh, adhere them like almost like, you know, they using glue, like you use a built to attach a billboard to a wall. He'll, he'll, uh, attach these pitch black and white pictures to walls of buildings. Some of the buildings are abandoned. Some of them uh, weren't. Uh, and I think again, he's using. He's, I don't. I, I think he's getting approval. As I don't think it's. I don't think he's necessarily you know defacing them without without approval. But again, uh, I wouldn't necessarily quote me on that. It, but again, it didn't seem like it was necessarily covert or underground. It was all very out in the open. Um, and then. Um, creating these really interesting art installations. But what's most interesting, I thought about it though, was that sure they're creating these larger than life portraits of these people, but then they're actually spending time getting to know these people and, 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 and capturing that for this documentary. So they're going again through the French countryside and these people really vary in the type of, the type of uh, professions that they have. Uh, Some were farmers uh, miners, uh, dock workers, uh, again, but so it's really, again, fascinating 
forming this uh, collage, basically, of, of, uh, of France. And uh, you get to see both, both J.R. and Agnes Varda at, at, at work. So both of them, these very avant-garde artists, and and at very different ages, but it it was it was um, really actually quite an exhilarating and inspiring um, piece of art. I just I just felt like I was watching cinematic art. So Faces Places is definitely uh, highly recommended. So uh, I watched both Cleo from Five to Seven and Jane B. Part Agnes V on the Criterion Channel streaming service, of which I'm a, I'm a subscriber. And and also, though, Criterion has just come out with this brand new Agnes Varda retrospective. And, um, I mean, it's expensive. It's, you know, 200 bucks. But it's, 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 every, it's every film that, she, that, that she's made. Um, and they've got it. They've got it included. It includes like a 200-page book, and then the, all these films that are on 15 um, Blu-ray discs. So, uh, if you, I'll I'll have a link to this uh, this collection in the podcast notes on my blog. But um, if you really want to explore Agnes Varda, that would be a good way to do it. Again, there were a lot of films though on of hers on the Criterion Channel. Faces Places I had to rent which I rented on Apple iTunes. And um, again, that was, that was, that was e- easy to find. So, so uh, it was a great and a, and a highly educational dip into the, into the films of Agnes Varda. And I, I can't wait to watch more. Well, that does it for this episode of the Movies Past and Present Podcast. Again, links and more information about the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Links are also on the blog. Uh, Also, please follow me on Instagram. I'm at moviespap, as in past and present. As always, I hope you will enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. Until next time, thanks for listening, and be careful out there.